Hi, and welcome to Just Sit Still. I'm Jamie Harris, and I have ADHD dyslexia, and I want to open up the conversation about neurodiversity and neurotypicals. Hi, and this is episode four of Just Sit Still. This week, I'm joined by my friend, another another one from Manchester. Um, I'm joined by Sebastian Beeson, aka Seb, but I don't call him that. Uh, we met Papping uh, many years ago, and we've set, we've stayed friends um, since. And yeah, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more? Yeah, my name's Seb. Well, if you're Jamie Sebastian, me uh, currently a personal trainer uh, based in Manchester. Met obviously Jamie. Jamie met how many years ago? I don't remember. Maybe like twenty. I feel like it was twenty thirteen. Maybe fourteen. Maybe maybe fourteen. I think it's fourteen. Yeah, I think it was. And yeah, it's been a shit show ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get rid of me. Well, you've tried many times. <laughs> Shut up. I know, I'm joking. Um, yeah, so we get together like two uh, naughty kids in school, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We said like giggling and chatting shit. We, we just, I've tried to record this opening many plays of time. We just started laughing. Um, and um, yeah, we just we get we just make each other laugh and just chat shit pretty much every day. Um, so we met obviously Papin and oh yeah, so another oh yeah, obviously. Would you say you're neurodiverse or neurotypical? Well, we just had this conversation, and I'm 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 probably neurodiverse, but like very, very slightly. So I'm what I'd say lower end of the spectrum. Yeah, that's quite bad. That, but it's not meant like that. Yeah, because we just we because so, well, before a couple of weeks ago, I said to you, "Are you neurodiverse or typical?" You actually didn't know what it meant. So hopefully, I've taught you what it means by now. <laughs> and then, but then I said, "Oh, but you're neurotypical, aren't you?" And you looked at me and you was like. No, I'm not. But then we kind of dug into it, which I guess we will now. And I would say, face value, I would say, yeah, you are neurotypical, but you're not like, so you're dyslexic like me, but you also are so open to learning and just self, like, just work on ourselves. So basically, um, we met Papping, and I think, I don't know, I think we just really connected because is well no one's normal in an industry we all have got to be a bit weird to be a pap to be honest yeah <laughs> um but we became <laughs> exactly no one's normal here became friends and but i think i liked just chatting to someone who understood how my day was going because we can explain this industry to anyone but you won't really understand it until you're in it so i'd say <sighs> i don't wish on anyone <laughs> Exactly. But it also is really consuming, that it consumes the mind. We have to constantly be looking at Daily Mail or Instagram or whatever, and it, it, it takes over, doesn't it? So you you left how many years ago? 
Jesus, good question. Uh, it would have been, it was July 2017. And why did you leave? I'd already known for two years that I, I didn't like the job, I didn't want to do it. And I, in essence, just, obviously you work for yourself, but I did anyway, and obviously I just started doing less and less and less work. So obviously I got paid less and less and less and less, sold less pictures, et cetera, et cetera. And by the time of it, I come down, I was literally like making, I don't know, I've gone from very good money to making maybe four or 500 quid a month, which is awful. But again, the ones you, you know, it's hard to explain, like, you can explain, but you won't understand it, like how consuming it is and how toxic it can actually be. You where she completely non-stop competing against everyone. Do you think it affected you mentally? Uh, I've never actually really considered that. I think yeah. more so I like, I think it's more the other way around. I think my mentality in, in that, uh, when I first started at that time it was actually helps you get into the industry and stay there. Yeah. Whereas it sort of just becomes clockwork, like you go up, you go to work, you do this, you never switch off, you're forever searching, like in the back of the day it was Twitter. So you'd always search like just seeing like for us in Manchester, it would be like Michelle Keegan, Trap yeah. Centre, Colleen Rooney, Manchester, over the edge, filming. Yeah. And you just do that and then you look at Instagram completely and it was It's your life. It is awful. Yeah. And I, I missed I missed girlfriend's birthdays. I was like, I'm not coming to your meal. I'm I'm working. Yeah, you're totally. I'd have to cancel. I'd be like, oh, I've got go, got tip, and they'd be like, oh, cheers, on. Yeah, but um, it's funny because I actually said that to you the other day. I just I said, it's I've realised actually this is quite a, like a traumatic industry. And I actually looking back, I think I'm a bit. I think I got some trauma from it. And um, me and you are open, we communicate really well, and I think we're, we're so open about traumas, our life, what we've been through. So we, we, uh, we have a funny friendship, we float in and out of each other's lives, um, but whenever we need each other, we're always there. And it's always yeah. good to be We always seem to know as <laughs> well. It's like we want to message each other, like, are you okay? Like, nope. <laughs> Even like, oh, yeah. We wouldn't, we wouldn't speak for ages and you'd be like... Yeah, it might be months and it's like, yeah. it literally just messages like, how the fuck did you know? And it's not, it's happened so many times. We're like, oh my God. And yeah. so we've had our fair share of heartbreaks, things like that. And then each time, I think we've been open to just learning about ourselves. Um, and that is where, so me... Obviously, my ADHD, I hyper focus on things. So, and you have to, you actually have been doing this as well. So that's why. So you, so you're dyslexic, and you're. I would say you're the, you're literally in limbo, neurodiverse, neurotypical, because you do hyper focus on things. So you would be like, right, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna learn about this today. I'm gonna get all these books. I'm gonna listen to all these podcasts. I need to. Be and you get onto this thing, you listen to all these audio books, like hours, hours, hours. You definitely have like hints of it for sure. Like. Yeah, the way, 100%. The way and I'll tell you a funny story about that. That started 
when I probably first started taking pictures. So I'd barely even have any camera gear, but I had this little like a like six like notebook or something, and like the typical spots we'd hang out in Manchester, like at Coronation Street and stuff, where they filmed. And I'd, I'd draw out like the layout of the street, and obviously the best angles to sort of like try and get people from, wow. just so I could see. This is how aim. This is how it started, and obviously I remember being sounds so stupid sat in the toilet <laughs> drawing in my little notebook like okay someone comes out here because i just thought back and i just watched everyone do it and the, the the way they moved and they assembled to get sort of uh, you know uh eyeline picture sort of thing what's what's that even called in the industry i can't remember what what like when you get the eye when you're trying to get the eyeline anyway don't matter Sure, we used to have a name for it, but anyway, so I do like it started off like that, but then like, a couple of years ago, probably it will be about two years ago, it started off like uh, with with, le- with like uh, some psychology lectures on YouTube, and I watched like there's a hundred hours worth. I watched it once, then I watched it again straight afterwards. So I did like two hundred hours of of learning, and in like. I don't know how long that took me, but it took it in ages. And now, obviously, the past year, I've been aiming to do 500 hours of worth of audiobooks. Okay. I'm like 60 hours away. I've done like 440 hours. That's why, like now, it's funny, because I've always said, you're neurotypical, you're not. Now, when I actually think about it and dig deep with you, you're, really, you're definitely neurodiverse. Look at the way you've just explained how you, you were going to take these pictures. You drew it. Like, you have a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very uh, kinest. Like, if you want to do it in terms of like uh, what you're saying, like NLP would be. I'm very visual, like auditory, so I'm really good at listening, and obviously I can usually listen to multiple streams of conversations at the same time. Obviously, I can't reply to them at the same time, but I can listen. And obviously, kinesthetics. Obviously, drawing it out, I actually got to feel, and obviously visual watching everyone move and stuff, all that stuff. Um, so um, watching body language is a big thing I do as well. I just, I just do it naturally. It's so funny because I've watched, you never kind of used to be this, like when we were, we all, we go through things, you know. Kids. Yeah, we were, we were, we were kids. But it's been like, we have watched each other grow. So I've watched you, or no, so say I'll bring you up or you'll bring me up and, um, what so wait to make things in my head so i was gonna say did you ever not think there's something wrong with me i because i think i've only really explained adhd to you really recently but would you have i told you about it or would you have thought anything of it before have you heard of it before me uh i've, I've obviously heard of it before i've come across come into contact with a few people like that but nothing major but I never actually like to me you would just ask just Jamie and that's the way Jamie is <laughs> yeah and I still think of it like that it's like it's just Jamie that's what I, and that's what I do like about me and you like we can piss each other off or whatever but we've actually become so aware of ourselves like I go to therapy you you love it yourself and we'll and we'll, I'll say to you right you've upset me, this is what, what you've done. And then you will listen to me. And then all you'll say to me, 
do you need some time to call after and talk tomorrow? And I think we can say that the hardest things are the most easiest things to each other, but the, we, I've never had such great communication as I do with you. It's just like, yeah, okay. Uh, I fully get that. I fully get that. Which is, I think that's so interesting um, because we, what was going to say, um, we've both been through obviously a lot and I think we've connected in that way and I'd ring you up and I'd say blah 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 blah, blah. and then or you'd ring me up and I'd say you're a fucking idiot <laughs> and, and you say to me that's why you like because I didn't sugarcoat it some people you know this that the other and you've said someone said to you before like who can you be your most authentic self with and you've said me and I say the same with, with you as well I think it's so important to be that on the level, but I think it's definitely the way, well, I don't know, but the way we, it was, the way we worked was such a weird industry. It kind of changed me in the way I was thinking. I'm still in the industry, obviously, in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. But there's definitely, you have to be kind of, I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to refer back to something where you said earlier where it's like, it's quite traumatic. Yeah. And, and it is. And I think you have to have a certain type of, of trauma. Like, it's, <laughs> for me, the way I see it now is, and if you don't know what a trauma bond is, it's basically where you unconsciously, subconsciously seek other basically people similar similar to yourself that help you sort of mm -hmm. keep you in the same loop if you like yeah. so that's what essentially what trauma one is and that's what i find that industry is like because because you know it's like one minute you cannot be arguing with with one of the paps and you can literally be shouting at each other and two minutes later people like right okay we split in pictures duh, 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 and like nothing's happened it's just it's not normal it's it's not normal but i think the autograph hunters are a different level though they are criminally insane they're just, they're just a different breed which i can't even go into because that's so hard to explain but um i think um what was i gonna say um i think oh my god i've actually just blown it off my head um it is a very it's just a real, I think, okay. So I think you carry, well, that business, I think is carried with us. And I think even though you've got a different career now, it's definitely kind of shaped me. How it, it, it's, for me, I can actually see, still see it sort of carries through. Yeah, that's what, was, that's what I was gonna say, yeah. So I, like I was saying before, I think it does literally for me, because that industry is very chaotic and, uh, I don't, I don't have a particularly bad upbringing in any sense of the word, but it was particularly chaotic. Mm -hmm. You go to being a, a, a paparazzi or whatever, a press talk, whatever you call yourself, and you can literally work, you know, days straight on an end, and you can be sat in bed one minute and go in the next, and you can post me go out for a meal with your girlfriend for, a, for like a, a 21st birthday. You'd be like, no, I'm staying out because we've got to work. And yeah. you could literally be on the way back from work get another call and go to another job and get like a massive set of pictures so it's complete chaos 24 7 
and obviously that's familiar for me then yeah. going into the obviously the coaching the pt side of things and pts are like some of the most like not all of them there's a lot of very very good pts very good at the job like there's a lot of insecurity there and a lot of mm-hmm. chaos it's chaotic people don't know how to run a business and it all sort of falls in and once you sort of see people's timelines to now it's like and this is something i've learned to see in other people it's like when you start to get to know people like oh that explains a few things <laughs> sounds really bad but it just helps me to get information on them and obviously how they think and how they might perceive the world and so when if we're in conversation it helps me to build a better picture of the person i'm with talking to and not necessarily offend them or if something says that's offended to him by someone else like but oh, i can see why that might offend you like i can see understand why you're upset do you think since you've been like i'm the rain man yeah <laughs> do you think since you've like got into psychology and stuff like that you it's helped you kind of well i wouldn't say learn about neurodiverse but i think you do kind of look at people in a different way and understand oh yeah 100 percent. like learn about psychology has changed my whole life like a complete like so some I can't days, explain it some days i'm like okay don't be pretentious by the way the way you uh speak sometimes but i love it i love it but everything you will analyze everything oh you're saying you like yeah. that because of this and i'll be like i do that more so with you because obviously we're on that level but if, if i know you know <laughs> i can be a little bit more short and blunt with you whereas other other people i'm just trying to understand the dynamic of a situation it sounds really weird and like overly calculate but it's not it just flows naturally it's just yeah you know, if, for example i've got a group of friends and one of them is having the the shit ripped out and getting it you know, having a bit of a tough time and it's like i can sort of empathize with you know, what's going on if they're taking it the wrong way and you know, i can then diffuse the situation if needed you know what i mean yeah oh, i can comfort that person or i can just jump join in on the ribbon <laughs> i think um, I think people who've also obviously been in a low place is are more obviously empathetic to other people anyway because they know what it's like. And uh, you and me, obviously, we've been through heartbreaks, we've been through other stuff, kind of not at the same time, but not far off. So we was always yeah, there exactly. from each other. Um, to and and I think as I've spoken in other podcasts, I've been to therapy and I and I think it's amazing. Um, and I think everyone's been through something in their life. Um, but it's definitely changed the way I see things and how I act. And it's hard. Um, I, I think just communication is such a big thing in life. And I don't, I think so many people are just on a level and they don't really want to learn anymore. Or, you know, this is how I speak. This is how I, that's just like, they're like that's how I am, that's who I am. But for me, and I think with you, We've dug deep because I have like I was in a low place. So for me, obviously the only way is up. So I've had to dig deep and learn about myself and change the way I am to get through trauma. Uh, otherwise, things weren't going to change. Exactly, and that's that's hoping you bring that up because this is and this is the way my brain works for me as well. 
and it did. It took a, I was thinking about this a few hours ago. It took like five, like four or five years to get to the place where I am now. Yeah, and that's the place to see everything I do influences what I do, and everything in my environment influences that. And slowly, obviously, you learn more, you change more stuff, and I completely forgot what we we're talking about. And just about communication therapy trauma. Sorry, yeah. So communication. Everybody thinks they're really good at communicating, but it's, it is it is for me. It's just it's the single hardest thing to do. It is. It sounds stupid, but it's not getting to the level where, obviously, if you're expressing yourself for that other person to. So you feel seen and heard yeah. is incredibly difficult. And to do that for someone else is not easy either. And we all express ourselves in a different way. And we need to work out that, well, well, obviously different, whatever, love language, whatever, this is how I, I show love, blah, blah, blah. But we, yeah, communicating is very hard. It's the hardest thing people do. Like that's why people get so angry or whatever because they don't want to face things um, straight on. And I, I'm so. I think um, I'm so proud of where I am. I and definitely you. I think obviously because we've known each other since we was however old teenage twenties. Um, and we've both seen how low we both really were to then see where we are now and how we understand it. It's so nice to kind of communicate with each other because we are on that level of deeper understanding and we want to go deeper. Yeah, 100%. That is where I got lost last time and it's, it's and I remember now. Sorry. I'm going <laughs> to circle back slightly. I'm going to again. I've got my train of thought back. So obviously, like you're saying, people don't like, people think they've learned enough and that's enough. And obviously it very, it never really is, is it? How can you know too much, too, too, so much about, uh, about anything, about communicating? Like, no, you can't. And people get frustrated. And I've, I've been the same. I've been, you know, when I can't communicate or express myself, I do get very frustrated. So, and then obviously I can see that in other people. So I can use my experience to leverage that and you know, help maybe, hopefully help the other person express themselves. I can see how you can be, you could be seen as patronizing. Yeah, 100%, everyone says it all the time. It's like, I'm literally not, if I didn't like, people don't understand, if I didn't care, <laughs> I wouldn't even bother like, good one, hope you feel better soon, bye. And I, I think so. I feel like it's people who've had trauma or have struggled then are the ones who not try better who try to learn more about themselves and communicate because it's something to, I don't know to hold on to and understand more because I think every, I'm not generalizing but most people yeah this is how I've communicated all my life blah, blah, blah. I went to therapy and spoke about a lot of things it took me a long time to dig deep and I realized I was communicating through anger um, with a lot of things until I addressed one of the situations. Once I addressed the situation, I never, I've, 
I've had no anger inside me. I've just kind of felt free. And it was so strange because it took me so long to speak about it, and then it just kind of went straight away. And I have felt so different since then. And now I definitely communicate and approach things a different way. I'm more calmer and I will explain things to someone and um, and they'll be like, I think they'll be used to waiting for me to like react or maybe they'll push me to react because that's what they're used to. They're used to me shouting. So, and what I've been told, you know, so it is not in anyone's interest for you to change, but someone's got to break the cycle. Yeah, and that's been, that's like, for me, that's been my goal for literally a couple of years. Like, I, this is the cycle that's getting broken. I don't know, it's, it's never, for me, as you know, like you'll go to therapy and you'll have great sessions and you'll have sessions where you feel great and you, and you go to sleep and the next day and you spend the next week feeling like absolute shit. Yeah. And there'll be a psychoanalyst. It's always like, you get to the point, it's like, why do I even bother? Because I just feel like shit. But the thing is, you feel like shit because you've seen a different part of yourself you didn't necessarily understand or want to see. So... It, it just brings that, it just builds a picture slowly. And it does take time. Obviously, your brain and your ego sort of does want to fight it because it, the ego is obviously, the ego is essentially everything that's familiar. And if you're, if you're in the same cycles of relationships, you know, whatever, friendships, stuff like that, people in your life that aren't doing you any favors or you're not doing yourself any favors, which is always half the, if not more than half the equation anyway, for me, it's like, I, I'm not. Oh, I have had some very. All my relationships have pretty much been the same cycle, and it's like I can blame my partners I've been with, but you know, I'm the only. I'm the only yeah. consistent thing there. So I, there's a. It's not. It's not there's like there's anything wrong with you or anything like that because you go to therapy. I believe the stigma is bullshit. There shouldn't be any stigma. Stigma because people go that go to therapy. There's this. It's been like dramatized with Hollywood, like there's something wrong with you. And it's not. Everyone has trauma. There's big, there's little traumas and big traumas. You have 10 little traumas, the same as one big trauma. You know what I mean? I totally agree with you. It's different for everyone. So you can't, everyone's got it. And the way I recently uh, did some EMDR. So what if obviously people, most people won't know, know what that is. It's eye movement, desensitization and reprogramming. So basically it's bilateral stimulation which is basically left to right, so you use a light, so it's like you follow it with your eyes, blah, 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 blah. But their process for that is, you know, bring to me your 10 most disturbing um, memories. And I found like no, like, once you go through them in the sessions, and obviously I use talk therapy as well on top of that, and it's just, it, it literally 10 weeks changed my life. That's amazing. That and that's it. But the, the difference between talk therapy for me, I'm, I'm, I'm very pragmatic. I, I want solutions to problems. I don't just want to just, this is a problem and this is a label and that's fine. Now that's not, people become the labels. I don't want to become a label. So I, was like, I don't categorize myself like, yeah, I should. I'm like this because of this reason because this thing happened to me. I can't do it. I get what you mean. I think so. People do. People do become the labels. But what I'm getting to the point now. This is a. 
roundabout way of doing it. Yeah. What they do in the Indar is the most ten disturbing memories, if you like. And it's like, how often do you sit there and actually think about stuff and then go through them? And most of them would be childhood. Most of them mine were childhood, and you just yeah. break it down and you go through a session. You probably spend about a session each one, and you just—it's so weird. You just have like flashbacks. Sounds really bad, but you understand it. What the lesson you internalize from it and stuff like that. I think so. Obviously, with my addiction, I ruminate a lot. So rumination means just obviously going over and over again. Um, and also I have RSD, rejection, sensitivity dysphoria. And um, I think we've spoken quite a bit about that recently together because I think, I don't think you really knew about that. That was kind of part of me. I think I had to, sometimes maybe you thought, I don't know, took things to heart, whatever, but now I'd, then I'd explain it to you and I'd be like, it's not a label as you say, oh, I'm this because of my past. This is part of my brain. This is why I'm like this, because it's... You know, 100%. What I was more referring to when, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of tough love, and it's like, for me, the tougher the love, the better. I understand for a lot of people, that doesn't work. But I'm for, like, the people where you speak to them, it's like, oh, I can't do that because I'm depressed. It's like, fully understand that. But if, if you know you're depressed, and then you have a choice then to make a decision of doing something that might make you feel better or that you're just going to stay in the same lane. So it gets to a point where you do have to help yourself. And I understand that. I've been there myself. I spent a long, long time there. So I'm not like saying anyone's bad for it. You'll do it in your own time and when you need to. I'm a massive proponent of that. At the same time, you do need to get the ball moving a little bit, no matter how small or big it is. It's just like, as soon as you say that to someone, my brain just goes straight, well, I've got a choice here. I can carry on in this lane where not, uh, I've got the, the solution. The problem is I'm depressed and the solution is I'm doing nothing about it. So the solution is to just do a little something for me. I totally understand that because I've definitely, like you've met, we've messaged have whatever and be like, how are you? And I'll be like, oh, I'm in a depressive state. And we've definitely helped each other, but it actually reminded me of what you sent me to stay yesterday. So when I'm in depressive state, I'll reach out to you, whoever. Uh, sometimes people will say to me, why are you depressed? What have you got to be depressed about? Look at all these things. You've got your own place. You've got this, this, this. You should be grateful. Yeah, it's shame, and isn't what, it? Shame. You yeah. should being shamed into feeling bad when you're like materialistically, you know, you've got a job. Awesome, yeah. It's one less thing to stress about. But if the job causes you a lot of stress, then... I've got a job for great and you know it, it's killing me slowly basically so again I, I never shame anyone I never would because I've been I've been there been shamed it's not nice and it's just I don't want people to think I'm being really blunt and really direct and really horrible like do something for yourself so when I said that it means like it might literally just do go for a 10 minute walk yeah watch some watch something inspirational on YouTube you know Meditate, like, light I, an incense, whatever. I try and meditate, I can't sit still, can I? But um, yeah. I totally, obviously it's happened to me a lot. I have most recently learned about Shane, Brené Brown, uh, and... Um, the real OG. <laughs> and therapy. One thing in my life that was still kind of there, and we only recently found towards the end, I 
the reason I couldn't move forward, I had the shame of how I let myself um, be treated in the situation, not the fact of what this person did to me or whatever, it, which is awful. I had the shame of, but I let them do that to me. And that's this bizarre to, to think, yep. how have I switched it? How, why is it, why have I turned that, why is this my fault? Oh no, they, they might have manipulated yeah. the other. I, I have sorry, I, I'm just going to interrupt there. Because I had the exact same thing during EMDR. Like, <laughs> I want to explain the, the, the memory, but basically something got thrown at, towards me and I, I found a way of making that okay for the other person. I say, oh, I must have done something wrong to deserve that. Yeah. When in whatever situation, it's not. I so, it's how is it? And, and it, sorry, I'm, I'm almost going to cut up again. Really sorry. And it, it says, it doesn't say anything about you, whatever happened to you, like that. I, you know, I felt a bit of shame around that incident because I must have done something bad. But the truth is, it's like, it's not, it's, it's the other person, right? It's never you, it's not, it's very rarely you in that situation. It's about why have we, then how, why are we thinking that about ourselves? Because that's how it gets conditioned, doesn't it? And that plays a massive role, whether it's through childhood, if it's just, you have a, um, you have a, we all know that it's sort of psycho of emotionally abusive relationship, it will be mm. perfect, it'll have shit spots and the person will make it really good and it would go back and forth and you slowly become a shadow of your former self oh. and then you become easily, easily sort of manipulated and influenced in that respect. So I couldn't have that's, said the, that's, that's the point. Because if you were at your, your start point where you're fine, you wouldn't tolerate it. You'd say, yeah, what the fuck are you? That's, that's it, it takes a level of like totally. slowly, slowly being broken down. So you get to that point and you're, oh, I must have done something wrong. It's like, no, mate. When I was talking to my therapist and I was, I was like, it was towards the end, I finally got my confidence back. Cause like, she used to say to me, what do you see when you look in the mirror? And I used to laugh and I said, I can't look in the mirror. And she'd say, why? I was like, I think I'm ugly. Like, I was like, I named, I list so many bad things about myself. And she's she like, okay, this is something good about yourself. I could not list anything good about myself. And I was like, how is someone, cut me down so much that I couldn't even look myself in the mirror I looked I've looked you know the people have told me things in the past about my looks or whatever that must have stuck with me you know I've been told you know I'm the ugly sister whatever blah blah and I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror and then towards the end of therapy in the end I did it a whole year of I still go oh, the whole year and the last one last session she was like okay name stuff about it. look in the mirror what do you see I see I said I look good. I said, I'm strong. This is, I could, and it wasn't the fact that I'm big headed because I wasn't big headed, but I think I kind of tricked myself into believing these things. I'm just faking it till I make it. I'm confident, but it is hard to kind of obviously break these cycles. Like I spoke to you about someone or whoever, like we, you have patterns in your relationships, which I call you out on. I definitely have patterns. The way I apparently... I call you out. Yeah, you, you're like, this ain't it. Apparently, how I perceive love is someone who doesn't want me. Uh, and, uh, and you're like, hey, this, this is not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's not, and again, that comes from, for a lot of people, it comes from, I, was, I can only speak for myself in this, it comes from sort of childhood. So obviously, 
mm-hmm. little bit of like science is you you're so impressionable up to the first seven years of your of your life because that's when obviously your conscious brain your subconscious is developing but also your parents are your first idea of what love looks like so if that's not necessarily healthy or particularly stressful events going on in between that then it's very easy for your uh, sense of love to be warped and mine's the same mine's a very push mine was and that's how it's staying mine's was a very push pull dynamic one person you know you get comfortable one person will pull away and i'd start chasing that made the other person pull away completely then you come back together then it happened so many times for an x amount of months years whatever then you'd be like break up whatever then the the thing always what i'll go back to is now what you just said about shame is like i'd go what's wrong with me don't i say that to you i've even said that to you recently yeah yeah and what you said about looking in the mirror as well i've looked in the mirror and gone like uh, it's like it's like seeing sounds so stupid but it's like just looking at complete stranger sometimes for me not so much anymore but it's like i just look in the mirror like who the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, who is it? I think and saying good stuff about yourself isn't big headed. I mean, but obviously, it's all taken into context how you say it to other people, but fuck what other people think. You need to believe it, not them. I mean, oh, you know, well, we chat with the time about bloody dating out forever. I think I spoke to someone a couple of weeks ago and they're like, and I was just, I was, I don't know, I think I was just trying to big myself up. But, and they're like, you're so big-headed. And I was like, if you knew me, you're not. But I was trying to, not put in a persona, but now I was, I know my worth. This is this, this. I'm this. No, I'm not big-headed. <laughs> but I still wonder why I'm single. But do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. also, I think another thing with me, obviously being ADHD, and I got diagnosed pretty young, about six or seven, and, that, and I've said this before, there's like a statistic that people, children, whoever with ADHD have hungry or what negative things said to them more than a neuro, neurotypical person. Because, you know, I'm talking, sit still, you're too fidgety, you're too talkative, you're this, you're that, you're so naughty, go to your room, why can't you be like that? And, and it, these things do stay with me, they've definitely stayed with me. Oh, 100%, of course what I do. Like, I love to like, question people when they've said stuff and like do you ever go back in time and say do you not think that's going to be so destructive to that fucking child what you just said do you think like i don't think people mean it in that way of course they say it but no, no 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 but obviously you as a kid yeah. you don't know the difference you t- you internalize it usually as yeah. what's wrong with me why 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 am i why what's yeah. wrong like why am i broken what's wrong with me of course and, and i was like medication as well so what, there's definitely something wrong with me because none of my friends here have to take pills to be normal. Exactly, yeah. Um, and as I've said, I am back on medication. And even though I was proud of myself to go on it, I even spoke to you about it. It's funny, some days I'm fine because I'm proud, my, as my mum said, you know, the ADHD, I control the ADHD, not the ADHD controls me now. I've definitely suffered, haven't I? Because it's stopped, it's definitely, it's been suppressing my appetite. It's made me, it's been really stressful. But... And then I say to you, well, it's suppressed my appetite. This is, is this worth it? Why am I even on pills? I kind of question myself. Uh, why am I doing it? Is, and then uh, the shame comes again. I'm sh- I feel shame because I, this is, I have to live 
my life on medication, even though I chose to do it, it even though I chose but then did it. It's very, it's, I confused myself. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, we had this. We did have this conversation last week or the week before, didn't we? And because you basically said the same thing to me, I'm trying to think what I said. I was like, I think I, I, I can't. I'm paraphrasing now. I probably got it backwards, but I said something like, "It's a, it's a tool at your disposal. Obviously, it's modern medicine. If you can use that to then obviously." uh do better things in your life and obviously yeah. use it for the good yeah. you can use it for then yeah use it and there should be no stigma between that behind yeah. that at all because it's just to me it's just a tool it's like it helps you do things that you might struggle with like concentrate and stuff like that and all the stuff at work yeah where, where you do need a particular level of focus and uh, so yeah what like, to me it was like a bit of a no-brainer why, why would you not but again again the negative side effects like the loss of appetite and stuff isn't obviously particularly fun for you and obviously you don't always people feel great on it people think oh I'll lose weight it's been oh have I, i've struggled so much i've had no like it's yeah, we've been on the we facetime aren't you it's like in today's episode of i can't remember what we called it now and but. that's what i appreciate like and that's what means so much like i rang you i was like can you please just video call me sit with me virtually to eat something because I can't eat and you're like yeah and that's what I like you didn't even question you didn't even say that's weird enough you're just like yeah that, that's like your normal thing to ask <laughs> and this is how I like to be because I'm so open and, and stuff like that so when people say to me like and I I'm, I'm breaking stuff down in my head like what we were talking about before it might come across as uber patronizing and it's not it's just having me build a, yeah. a picture because that's the way my brain sort of works to understand how you might feel in that situation how what if i was in that situation how would i like to be comforted and stuff like that so i obviously that's a big part of it for me help is actually my job's helping other people yeah you know what i mean so I, it's not like i'm this big patronizing bastard no a big sarcastic <laughs> pretty direct bastard but you know i'm always like trying to help people i never want to see someone go without yeah it's always done the best intent so someone anyone messaged me rings me like i'm having a tough time i just i pick up the phone like bro yeah definitely it's it's a no-brainer if i'm not if i'm not busy and i'm on the phone and i can i can help that person in a minute then i'll do it like and when i was struggling my friend lady who's on the other podcast sent me some stuff things she sent me some some yeah she was that's really cute and then i said to you i can't believe it um like it was to me, that it is. It is a massive thing. You were like, yeah, but don't you think people care about you? And I was like, you're like, this is a normal thing. And I was like, it's not. And you're like, it, it, yeah. it is. Yeah. And that's, I'd only figured that out. I'd gone through that in basically November, December time, where my thing in therapy was actually, it was asking for help. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt shit one day and I rang, I texted my mate and he was like, yeah, we need 10 minutes. I was like, and he spoke to me literally had a 10 minute conversation about whatever probably about two minutes on the thing that was actually upsetting me after that, it was just eight minutes of chatting shit and i was fine yeah. but it, after that it set something off in my head where it's like it made me really upset it's like people actually care about me it's like i can't get my head around it why the fuck do people care about me and, and i'm still slightly baffled but i understand it a lot more now and, I, and obviously i do like because i'm you know that's the thing like, why would it why would they not why would people not care about you? 
I and that's you're like, what do you mean this day people care about you? And like, no, they don't. You're like, but I care about other people. That's fine. I'm so I can do anything for anyone. I can do this, whatever. But if someone does something for me, well, one I'd want them to, but I, I don't think people have in the past. And then when they do it, it's I think I don't know. I think I not put people on a pedestal, but I'm like so grateful that someone's my friend. I'm like, why would someone want to be my friend? I'm this, this, this. So when they are my friend, I'm like, I don't know, I question it. No, hundred percent. Again, I've come from I've come from that place, and it's it's like, it's and you look back at it. Obviously now, I'm, you know, it's just like it does like come down to the thinking. Like for me, it was like there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And that translates to I have I'm worthless in in a, in essence lack of a better phrase. I think so. <laughs> so it's like, but now I'm ahead of now I'm ahead of that. Now that space, it's like why do people not care about me? Yeah, I, I struggle to fathom it. Like how I ever even thought like that. For me, obviously, I've been in abusive relationships, and I think that's definitely put me in that place but also I also think maybe our job so it was very strange our job as well because you had to decipher who was a friend and who was a work colleague just because you see these people every day where they're your friends and that I think set the tone for me and then when someone maybe turned me over who I thought was a friend I was Mm -hmm. like right okay I need to because I was only 19 and you was a bit young as well so that's when you people go to uni and they make actual friendships where we was on this weird whatever you want to call it <laughs> competition like it's a constant competition and that's i like i've got you sort of brought because you sort of described it because i only really have two friends from that world and one's you and one's jordan yeah the rest like you know who who would you actually say? the, the scouser is <laughs> You know, I don't, I'd like, they don't message me and be like, oh, how you doing, mate? You know what I mean? And that's about fair. I would do it back. So I wouldn't expect it. But it's like, you go back to like, people do turn you over. Then obviously, As you know where you're at. You're, like, you're going to be friends, but it's like, you're not going to be part of your life, friends. That's why it's so hard to explain. And I think things that have happened in the job have, as we say, have affected us even to now because. That's not normal, you know, a normal whatever, office job or PT. You don't have but someone... Con- that does become normal, doesn't it? Being turned over by people you work with, especially your friends, that becomes normal. So you become used to it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, is that normal? Like, in any other job, that, that's not. I'm saying, but every day... No, 100% not. Happened, something was going to happen. This person was going to bitch you turned over, this, that, the other. That is strange, normal. And now we're like, this is just normal. This is normal behaviour. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's not, though, is it? Like when you stop and actually think about it, it's like being turned over every like every week by people to make money is not really normal. And I think it only took me. So the last week I had it took me to this day to realise that. <laughs> Last week I had a really triggering week, um, obviously reasons, and it then made me realise I haven't really, I've obviously explored my relationships, my blind therapy, but I haven't really dug deep 
I have obviously spoken about work a bit in therapy for obvious reasons, um, but haven't really dug deep to the actual, you know, I got my nose broken twice. I mean, punch twice. That's pretty traumatic. <laughs> no, no, no. That is very traumatic. And the fact that also you're pretty much the only girl in that world and the fact that people have actually sought you out mm -hmm. and they're both male to do that to you and not to anyone else says a fucking great deal about that. Per the, the, the two people that did that. And oh. it never, it very didn't happen very often. I know only know of a few times in my pap career where people would get physical. Yeah. Maybe two, maybe two or three times, and but never to the extent of what happened to you. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that, that is because they saw a female and I think easy target. Uh, and it, it's fucking disgusting. Oh, and I don't think I even. That is a trauma. It bloody is. It didn't even happen once. 100%. Twice. I had to get my nose fixed twice. Um, and it turned into a big thing with a, with a celebrity um, who won't go into it. But if you want to know, <laughs> if you do want to um, buy my book when I finished it. Um, and uh, I never realised actually that, I guess, you know, I went along big on my nose fixed, blah, blah. And it, I don't know why. This last week when I, I was really triggered, I just had all these flashbacks of being punched and this. I'm like, that's still not normal in a job. And that is so triggering. No wonder I'm just sometimes don't really, can't express myself. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that, that happens to a lot of people, but for that happens a lot to me. But what I feel like, I, must be, I can only speak for myself in this, is that you're not sort of self-aware to sort of tie it all together. Mm -hmm. Because like, it's never just like one isolated incident it's it's a it happens on so many levels and obviously so many dimensions it's like a massive spider web it's all interwove it's it's not straightforward i felt that i felt that last week like that death you know celebrities threatening me this that the other and it all just came up last week and i was like okay um and i think sometimes trauma does come up we don't know why but a lot of people i don't know have been to therapy don't really realize it's what it is and why but i'm like i was really grateful for the work i'd done because i could be i said i then once i realized what it was i said to you i'm triggered today i'm triggered this week but i've i've found why this is why and i can unpack it yeah so as soon as you find it happened to me last week over the weekend and obviously you, you just get this for me i get this uncomfortable feeling it's like a very low level anxiety i can't really relax i'm not in my body i'm in my brain i'm in my head i'm constantly thinking about something until i figure out what it is and as soon as i think out what it is and it's like that i can unpack it and, it and you know i can be like all oh, right okay and it's done a lot of people don't a lot of people get triggered by that and obviously it go it will go away like it feel like feelings do i believe like flow through you like don't they do there are like waves they come like at you or whatever but then they disappear so obviously you never feel the same way for too long in that respect and I've, but until you get a chance to unpack it like you said and then once you that self-aware you can't just stop and go oh hang on what is this because then you've just stopped you've just pressed stop on the thing on, on the the image in your head or whatever it is and you press stop and you've gone okay let's question this that's 
I'm definitely proud of how self-aware I am. Like, I'm definitely so self-aware and it's obviously a tip. Exactly. And until you can do that, it's probably, it's going to haunt you. Do you <laughs> yeah, it's going to come up again and again and again. And did you ever think, before I kind of explained ADHD to you, did you think, oh, she's being dramatic? Or was there a time where I'd said, because obviously I ruminate, so I think a lot. I think, has there been a time where I'd say something to you or I'd keep bringing it up and you'd be like, oh, you're being annoying. But then, then I've ex explained to you, okay, this is why I'm like this. Because it's, it's really hard to explain your brain to someone. I've definitely sent you articles and things. I'm like, this is... You have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you mind but that? Again, but no, but again, once you did send me the article, I sort of, I could relate to it. Yeah, you can. You, you yeah. So once I, again, so that's what I mean. So I dissociate you know, I look at it through, say, for example, it was, it was you, you sent me it, so I look at it through your eyes and think, okay, so I know Jamie well enough to see how this might, something I said might offend her. Yeah. Then I can go, okay, then I can go back and say, well, obviously, I didn't mean to offend her. It's either I've not explained myself well enough or it's probably just circumstantial tone of voice or it's done over text or whatever, and you can't really read the emotion behind it or whatever, then I can sort of play it back and go, oh, well, I can see why she she probably thinks I'm being a dick or or something like that, and that's very much the way I work, and that's how I again this is sort of tied it all in. That's how I sort of deal with everyone. Yeah, I look at you know I get build a picture of them, like this happens all like I don't think about it, it just happens, and I, I look at stuff through their eyes, disassociate, and see the dynamic as a whole. So I do my best to see how they would feel and how. You know so, which which way stuff might go and stuff like that. Even though you are, I was yeah. So you're like on the you're in the middle, like neurotypical, neurodiverse, but you really are open to kind of how people are different and how they work. And I think that's really good. You're pretty open to it. Yeah, I am. I've done the test before. I think it's Ocean or like the Big Five personality traits, which are openness oh, is one of them. Again. Isn't that the one where you, it's like INF, those ones? Uh, no, Ocean's slightly different. Oh. So it's like openness, uh, conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism, and something or else. And when... Um, Sorry, I'm, let me just face that. So on openness, I scored at like, I was in like the 95th percentile. So I'm like... 95% more open than than everyone than obviously 95% of people open in what way to seeing the world in different views understand people's okay. viewpoints think about stuff so open to new experiences literally everything so when you think of like when I've explained to you now like neurodiverse neurotypical people you what would you how would you see that how would I describe them I'd see them as people <laughs> Yeah, they're just people. Uh, it's like, but to me, it's like you've got ADHD. Yeah, I just think it's hard. You're just a person. Sometimes I'm like, why do I need to explain why this has affected me or why I'm like this? But the other time it's, well, yeah, it is my brain that, and I, we all think in a different way, so I shouldn't have to explain. Oh, sorry, sorry, this is why. But I kind of like now I finally know myself. I do like to educate. Okay, this is why. And if I don't, that's why I'm doing this podcast. If I don't keep speaking mm -hmm. about it, 
then people, you know, I, soon I won't have to say this is why because of ADHD. Yeah, okay, it's part yeah. of uh, why, but why can't we just accept it and be open? Like, like sometimes, obviously, I'll interrupt you, whatever. But we're at the level now. Me and you have never shouted at each other or ever. We, uh, maybe no, maybe once or twice. No, but back back then. Now we've got this. Now we're so. It's a mutual understanding, isn't it? Yeah. I'm but, not going to speak to you like shit, and if I do, like we're going to be like, right, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm never, and I'm never scared to say anything to you. I'll say this, this, this. Where some some people in the past, I've been, you know, people do. Oh, I can't say that to them, or I don't know how to say this. I say, nah, listen. (laughs) I feel this, 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 and you'll say, well, I feel this, 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 and but nothing's a drama. I've never had that communication with someone, and I'm so. I think it's because we have obviously done the work. We know what we've been through and I think yeah. I, I was thinking this the other day I'm finally grateful for my traumas because it's made me so self-aware so resilient and I know what I can overcome I have been I've overcome exactly, yeah. um, uh, uh, even sorry. though it's great pain sorry even though it's great pain to have gone through them and, and I was in the lowest place of my life um, but I'm just, I am, obviously I'm strong because I'm still here today, but I'm grateful because I see people and I see everything now in such a different way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just to touch on, obviously, people say, obviously, you're grateful for your traumas, I'm, I'm grateful for mine. And obviously, when, when we just circle back a little bit to the communication thing, obviously, we can communicate on a certain level. And for me, because you get to a point and it's not personal it's not personal so if we have a disagreement we don't take it personally and i feel like when you if you're not that self-aware you can get into arguments with people people that potentially a little bit you know yeah people the people that love to argue and and chat shit and always having a high opinion and your opinion is never right (laughs) and it's you can have people arguments with people like that and you can get to the point where it's like this isn't me like this isn't personal hurt people hurt people yes is and it, that's what you'll find hurt people hurt people it's a lot of deflection a lot of a lot of the time from people isn't projection it? reflection uh, yeah, reflection as well is obviously and it is it's just you can you get to i get to a point now i can awkward horrible conversations with people and it's nothing personal and i was speaking to someone about this the other day someone was on a walk with and it's like you get to a point and you understand that you know like the stuff that happened to me growing up which is like i still hold my hand and say you know this is not it's not nothing awful mm-hmm. there's no like a it's no David Goggins type level of abuse or anything like that. I think not even close to that. I just love Yeah. But it's like, once you understand how that person has in plenty of their childhood's been or anything like that, you see it's not personal. It's just, it's just the way, it's just the way they deal with stuff they communicate or the way they love and then et cetera, et cetera. It's nothing personal. It's just, it is what it is. 
are you surprised that we get on well? Because on paper, I think we're quite different, but then actually thinking about it, we're not. No, I don't think at all. I'm not surprised. I, I can be myself. Like, with the recipe for a good friendship, I can be myself, you can be yourself. It's funny. We can, we can call each other dickheads and be fine. Well, I wonder how long we'll be speaking for because this always happens. Oh, here we go. No, I guess no. It's not. <laughs> I get, obviously, we done really well, but then we physical. Sometimes we do. No, nah, actually, it's mainly we get a girlfriend. I get the boot. Here we go. Here we go. I was waiting for that. I'm just. Life gets in the way, hon. I'm just saying it is true. When you get a girlfriend, I, we're not really close. Just saying. But now you've taken. Yeah, cheers, hon. Appreciate that. No, but no, I'm just saying. We we get really close. We talk over suddenly. And again, for me, that's been one of my patterns is get to, in the past anyway, I, don't, I definitely don't do it anymore. And I, I know, I, I just know I can't do it, which is good. So obviously I get just so absorbed into, I can do this with work as well. I can get so absorbed into work, so I don't do anything but work. And the same with relationships. Yeah, I've seen it many times. Yeah. Well, and again, I've seen my, my friends, I've got friends that do it as well. Yeah. I've got people that don't do it and you're like, damn, I want to go that guy. <laughs> and here I am. We've been, I'm back. Oh, you've, you've broken up. I'm with back. Right now. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's so nice to talk to someone who kind of just understands and wants to just, not in a, spiritual way go like go inwards and really but it's in a spiritual way isn't it it is but you know you're, just, you're just scared to sound like a hippie no because you you all know why i don't want to sound like that um and uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm not don't worry. <laughs> we all know why um but um <laughs> um ah you've made me lose my train of thought um i don't know i forgot what i was gonna say now but we talk about going inwards, looking yeah. inwards. Um, to be the best version of myself, like it's hard when obviously you're the only one doing it, but it's not for anyone else. For me, obviously, it's not in anyone's interest to change. But yes, is there anything you want to ask me? Not, uh, not just yet. I would just want to touch on what you've just said. So it's, it, it is difficult when you're the only one doing the work. Say, for example, might be in your family, in your relationship, whatever. Because if you do it honestly and you do it wholeheartedly, you will see everything differently. I totally do. And then people, like your friends and your family might go, oh, you've changed, you're weird. And it's like, you do this now and they take the piss out of you and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like... Or... You're breaking the mould of familiarity there. Totally. Or... That's no longer familiar. Or they don't like it. Nobody likes it. Or they'll say try and get you kind of wild up how you used to whatever. yeah exactly they'll try and pull you back into the familiar fold and if, if you do they'll say well you've not changed you yep. changed. See? brilliant yeah. isn't it yeah you provoke then attack yeah <laughs> then oh. attack some more oh. yeah Funny. so i was having this conversation this morning with mum and we were arguing about something and she was like, you think you're some like uh, <laughs> Zen master or something? I can't remember what you I, said. It was some, I, I do think that. 
<laughs> I am a Zen master. I'm a Zen master. So she was like, you think you're like some, I can't remember what she said, but I was like, mum, listen, I'm a Zen master. Shut down. It's like, I'm a Zen master, mum, fuck off. Well, I can see, like, I'm obviously, I'm so, I'm proud of you all the work you've done, but some days I'm like, you're patronising, don't analyse every single thing I'm doing, just, I just need you to just be there, don't Yeah, just be there, yeah, yeah. no one, like, because the, you're gone. Stop being a stop being a armchair psychologist. Yeah, please just be in, just be there for me. And I think another thing also, we've both said to each other, if when we've been in a bad place or whatever, we bring each other up and say, "Are you in the mental capacity to take this on right now?" And I I've never had that, and I think that's so important. Are Are you here to run? Do you want my input? What do you want from me? And yeah. I think that's really important. Again, I've had a lot of that. I've done that and been on the receiving end of that. And when you're not in the headspace to do that, you just end up either pissing off the other person or annoying them 10 times more. Mm -hmm. So if you just say, look, I'm, I'm really not in the headspace for this now. Yeah. And I, I know how it, and I, I know how it feels when people do it to me. So I'm like, it's draining. Yeah. It's nothing personal. As we said. Exactly. And, I, and again, it's like, you, like, once you get to that level, you don't take it personally. Right. And, you're, and I was like, well, what do you want? Do you want me to reply? Do you want my advice? Or do you just want to dump? What do you, what do you want? Dump and dump. Oh, God, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and yeah. And that's what generally... <laughs> private joke there. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, and that, that's a big part of communication, and that's... You bitch. <laughs> Let me lose the train of thought there. Sorry. Yes. I can't remember what I said. But yeah, again, that can be, you know, that is quite chaotic. And for me, that lines up for, you know, the cycles that I've gone on in my past. It's, it's chaotic to come in and just someone dump on you, then fuck a off. A lot of people still do. And, you know, that's a, well, I have that kind of friendship with some people, but. I think also it's kind of hard. So when I was in a really low place, some of my friends actually pulled away. Well, when they were like, well, we don't know how to deal with it. But I was like, I imagine how I was dealing with it. You know, I don't know what to do this. I don't know. But if you're feeling like that, I imagine how I was feeling. You know, yeah. I, it, you know, it is difficult for people to be there for people in a low place. But I think, especially in lockdown, I've definitely struggled. I live by myself. Like, it's been... Uh, mm -hmm. I, that's why I've grabbed onto video calls, stuff like that. They mean so much to me because I never realised how much, I think my, my love language now would be physical touch because uh, I haven't yeah. had it. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably come to the end if you haven't got anything, you got anything to say, ask. I can't think of anything. Put me on the spot. As soon as you get put on the spot for questions, I can't think of anything. Is there anything else you want to add or speak or make a point? Or you feel I, like I just, I don't know. Again, I feel a bit cheesy saying this, but anyone that's, you know, that wants to change, that takes an honest look at their own patterns in the past and the patterns that they're repeating now, it's, it's worth doing the work on it. It's hard. 
probably the single most hardest thing you'll probably do. Mm-hmm. It's, it'll be very uncomfortable emotionally, physically, and you just have to. What it's like? Is it like the pain's worth it? Like, like you get the other days where you're like, "Why am I even bothering?" He's like, "I just want to get in bed and eat yep. twelve thousand Oreos or whatever." Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? And there's days where you're like, you know, I totally you're agree. on fire. But the truth is, it's just you just got to do what you got to do to survive it. And you have to there's be no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I think people just, some people might just carry on and not want to do it. And that's fine as well. But if you really like, I obviously went to therapy and if you really want to do the work in any way, you have to be open about it. You have to, be honest because I went to therapy and sometimes I was going to make an excuse to not go again I was going to run away from her like I have done in the past why I was the one who wanted to go so what am I doing why am I running away you know but no I stuck with it every single week and I used to say to her well I've got nothing to say and they Al would go past I thought you had nothing to say and then one and then or something would come up and I'd start crying, whatever. And I'd be like, I don't know why I cried. I don't know how that even came up, but it does. And things get slow. And I think, you know, I know people still won't go whatever, but it definitely changed my life. It saved my life in many ways. And I am a completely different person. And I love, and it's definitely helped me. I'm a, I was an empath anyway, but now I just can see how, I don't know, I can't explain it. Yeah, it's difficult to explain. But yeah. It is, like, the, the one rule I always had with it was, like, you know, I want to do this, I do want the results, it's uncomfortable, blah, 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 but it's like, you have to wholeheartedly do it, you have to be excruciatingly, excruciatingly open, and that was the one rule I had, it's like, if we're not going to do this, 100% we're not doing it all totally because I thought well also if not what a waste of time and what a waste of money what am I why wasting my time and money for nothing yeah and it's very typical and like it's, people say it all the time now it's like you have to lean into it into it into the uncomfortableness so my sort of rule is again it's like if something scares me like went rock climbing for like the second time and went up like this 25 meter wall shit scared but it's like i had to do it because i'm scared there's no real danger there and it's the same with with the talking about the emotions and, and stuff how it's like this sort of scares me so this is this is an indicator that i'm doing the right thing yeah i like that that is very true yeah. thank you for being open and honest uh hope you've got some something out of it as well I don't know if you've learned anything else. Well, who do I invoice from the time? <laughs> um. <laughs> See what I mean? Now, this is me being a dick. This is sarcastic, Seb. Yeah. No, yeah, it's been really good. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on. Ooh. Um, and thanks for listening. Thank you to all our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nikon and Canon. And... Uh, yeah. The sun. <laughs> the sun. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>